I'm Will McGee, champion of virtual MLR, up the AGs, and you're watching uh, Rugby Wrap-Up. Coming up next on Rugby Wrap-Up, Major League Rugby Commissioner, George Killebrew. <laughs> rugby Wrap-Up brought to you in part by The Pig & Whistle, the world's best rugby pub, and Lean and & Limber, stretch your way to a healthier lifestyle. Hey everybody and welcome to Rugby Wrap-Up. Matt McCarthy in Midtown Manhattan talking rugby, talking Major League Rugby and we have a big fish for you today. We have none other than the commissioner of Major League Rugby, Mr. George Killebrew. George, welcome. Thank you, Matt. Glad to be here. George, let's get to some of the, the tough stuff first and then we'll get to Major League Rugby. But I, I want to familiarize folks with who you are somewhat. So, 27 years, is that right, with the NBA's Dallas Mavericks? That's correct. Now, I started when I was 14. No, I'm just kidding. It makes me sound really old. But, yeah, that is correct. 27 years at the Mavs. Uh, got there in 91, left last year. But, yeah, great run with three different owners uh, the last 20 years with Mark Cuban. All right. You go from the most professional landscape in professional sports, the NBA, which is just a, a, a juggernaut, to the not-so-professional landscape of professional rugby in the United States. What was that like for you? You know, it's been great. I mean, you know, honestly, Mark was one of the people that um, kind of pushed me towards this because, you know, rugby has such a great opportunity in North America. It just hasn't arrived yet, as we know. And and he's the one that said, hey, if you want to challenge, you know, if you really want to work hard, you need to take this commissioner's job because we don't realize how easy we have it sometimes in, in the big four leagues that have all the resources that you need to be successful. But, you know, this has been great. It's a, it's a great ownership group of very determined gentlemen that want to make this sport, you know, really relevant and resonate in this country and in North America. So what you're saying is Cuban three under the bus. <laughs> he said, if you really want to work hard, like, not like I didn't work hard before, but, uh, you know, he played rugby at Indiana University. He's a big fan. He's been following Major League Rugby. Uh, he said it's heavy lifting, but I think you're the right guy for the job. So here we are today. All right. So if we're going to talk about the Mavs briefly, and I think we should, I, I got to ask, were you part of that, that uh, group that decided to start planning the victory, victory parade in 2006, lighting a fire under Shaquille O'Neal's butt? I was not. I was in the meetings. You know, those were driven by the city of Dallas because if you recall, when the Cowboys won a, a Super Bowl, there was basically a riot in the city, and the city lost control over the parade route. So really it was driven by the city and then leaked out through a city staffer. So we pleaded the, uh, you know, we, we were the innocent party in that one, but we were kind of victim to the city trying to little over plan a little bit. I, I remember it as revisionist history, right? Where you recall, you know, I just see Shaquille holding it up on his hands and just tear it and say, we're going to win right after being down zero two. Well, you look at the history of sports and the ability to go back in 2011 against the same team that they beat us on our home court in game six in Dallas in 2006, we went up there in 2011 and beat them on their home court in 2006. I mean, that's a rare opportunity in sports to kind of get that retribution. Yeah, and at that point, Dirk was no spring chicken, and you had the spring chickens on the other team with LeBron and Wade and Bosch. 
Yeah, I think a lot of people thought that our our 2016 was better than their 2016 and vice versa in 2011. But hey, that's why you play the games. And we learned a lot in 2006 the hard way, you know, but we were able to, you know, come back in 2011 and bring it home. Prior to that, my crack research staff here at Rugby Wrap Up tells me that you were uh, as an SMU grad. And if I'm not mistaken, you went to school at the time of the Pony Express with Eric Dickerson and Craig James. I did. Yeah, I was very fortunate. You know, I grew up in Hawaii, so I didn't really have a huge appreciation for college football, but I get to the SMU campus and basically in my four years as an undergrad, I think we lost a total of five or six total games. So I just thought that's the way college football worked. And we'd, we'd go and, and watch them, you know, and we'd watch Dickerson and James just absolutely destroy pretty much everybody SMU played. So uh, it was a very good awakening to my appreciation of college football. All right, so from the Shirley MacLaine department of uh, reincarnation, when I'm reincarnated, I want to come back as you because this, this life that you're leading right now is pretty good. Hawaii, SMU with the Pony Express, 27 years with the Mavericks, two finals appearances. You got the one after the five years, right? And now you're here, commissioner of Major League Rugby. I got to ask you right away, who's your favorite Major League Rugby team? Well, I can't say that. Sure you can. <laughs> it's just like your children. You have to love them all equal. You don't think there's a conflict of interest because you got a team in Texas named after a drink, the Austin Gilgronis, and your last name could be construed as a drinking activity, Killebrew. Very, very uh, salient point there. Um, our Gilgronis franchise in Austin, you know, we were really excited about their move to the Circuit of the Americas. You know, there's a perfect uh, stadium there that their USL soccer team you know, was using almost uh, exclusively and they welcomed us in. And I think we have a big upside in Austin, but uh, I think I know where you're going with your question, but you know, I had nothing to do with the naming of the Austin Gilgronies. Uh, I happen to have a, you know, a five-year relationship with Adam Gilchrist. That's the owner of the Austin Gilgronies. So I, I knew him before rugby uh, through his businesses, F45. They were a big sponsor of the Mavs at the time and got to know him well. And I think, uh, Rugby is going to really love it when Adam is fully into this league with, you know, with Austin playing a full season. He's quite a character. He's got a great marketing mind, uh, as evidenced by the growth of F45 in this country. And if I'm not mistaken, he's got a partner in Mark Wahlberg, who's a big Boston guy. Maybe he, there's a little synergy there with New England. I don't know about that, but he, you know, he did bring Mark Wahlberg into F45. Uh, He's kind of whispered in my ear that if I thought that was big news, he has two or three others coming uh, of a, a similar profile. Uh, so let's hope we got to get back to where we get through this virus and all our gyms are back open again. Like that's a kind of an important thing in the, in the growth process there. But uh, Adam's a great marketer and he's a great owner in this league. You mentioned the virus. We all wanted rugby to go viral, right? But not in this way, unfortunately. But what, what really strikes me as a big positive, and I'm a guy that's all in on this, and I can't afford to deceive myself uh, about, you know, good things or, or whatever. The fact that you guys have made the move, the power move to pay out the contracts in full for the season is really, really something good. Yeah, I mean, that's a testament to our board of governors, right? Like that's not a commissioner type of thing where you just rule you know, when we talked about it and almost to a man, they wanted to do that. We wanted our, we wanted to get our international players home before they couldn't get home. 
And we wanted them, once they got home, to be able to tell all their mates and all their rugby clubs around the world that they were treated properly by Major League Rugby. And that goes for our American players as well. So, um, yeah, I think it was the right thing to do. It was a lot of money, but I think the owners made a great decision. That's one thing that I've taken away from talking to players is that they are telling other players exactly that. This league, hey, they're for real. Uh, the salaries might not be the largest on the planet out of the gate, but they did take care of us. And that, that's worth its weight in gold marketing-wise. And, and I, you know, getting back to the marketing aspect and the Gilgronies, I loved the fact that they came out with that name and the new ownership because they took a left-for-dead franchise and had all of us talking about them. Yeah, that's a great point, Matt. You know, when I first got hired, Austin was our biggest problem. Uh, they were just not performing on the pitch or off the pitch. And I knew when I talked to Adam about buying them that he would inject his own personality into it. You know, what, what got, and it, it was probably one of the biggest thing that, that ever trended on Twitter about Major League Rugby when they came out with the announcement that they were changing the name to the Gilbronies. Also in that press release were some other very cool things that Adam, you know, agreed to do. And you know, some of which are, you know, they agreed to sponsor all the under 21 and under 19 rugby clubs in Austin. They agreed to pay all the youth dues for all the youth players in Austin. Um, you know, so they had a really great community platform that unfortunately, since we only got into five weeks of matches, hasn't really blossomed yet. But, you know, underneath the, the change of name was five or six things that they were planning to do as a franchise that were really really powerful and really great stuff. You've got different partnerships. You've got some that are owned by a few people or one or two people. And then you've got other groups that are owned by a lot. Juggling personalities, the diversity. This is not England. It's not Ireland. It's not New Zealand. It's not France, where you could take all of those countries and fit them in just a section of the United States. This is a vast country geographically and geopolitically, really. You know, this is not an easy task for you. Yeah, and it's something new for me as well. I, I didn't really, you know, when I worked for Mark Cuban, like that's who I answered to 24-7, 365. And, and to have 12 on its way to 14 bosses is a little different. But, you know, what I like about this group is, is they are very determined. They're, they're very decisive. You know where they're coming from. They're not a lot of curveballs. I mean, they know this is hard. Anytime you are, you know, giving, you know, you basically we're a three-year-old league, right? So it's like a three-year-old anything, child animal, whatever you want to be, there's growing pains. They're not scared by that and they're determined to push through. Just like in any business, you know, they learned through the mistakes they made in years one, two, and now three on our way to four. Uh, then you add to it our expansion teams. I mean, you look at what the three expansion teams did and that would be, you know, Old Glory, the Free Jacks and, and Rugby ATL. You know, they all played in front of sellout crowds or, or close to sellout crowds for the matches they played. Uh, the Free Jacks didn't get a, a match in, but they had sold all the tickets to the first match, you know, so, and then they, they had some success on the pitch as well, which is rare, you know, for expansion teams. So, you know, it was really setting up to be a great year. And some of the metrics in the first five weeks from television to our OTT partners, to our attendance in stadium, were all pointing up, which, you know, had me really excited. And then unfortunately, we were shut down here, you know, with the virus that's sweeping the country and the world. So to that end, speaking about the owners, uh, 2021, how's it looking in terms of 
you know, I have rumors all over the place about teams and who's coming in and maybe somebody's going out. I know that it's a tricky conversation for you, but how much of a change will there be in the complexion of the ownership groups next year? In any sort of startup league, you're going to have some franchise movement. You just are, and it's inevitable. And, and you know, we'd love to go from 7 to 9 to 12 to 14 and keep going, or you know, we may lose one or two along the way. It's hard to say, and especially under this economic environment. The fact that we voted to pay all of our players their full contracts should tell you a little bit of something about the health, the financial health, you know, of the league. Let's skip ahead to a different topic. Let's talk about broadcast because that's an important component of any league, specifically a professional league, specifically rugby in the United States. And you guys have done a good job of getting the games out uh, for free or for very little money on a paywall. But I get emails and I get texts and I get messaged or messaged. I don't know what the word is like on Facebook, always asking me where to watch the game. Like I am some guru and I've been able to figure it out and, and watch. I'm, I'm slightly technologically more advanced than some of my friends who are Neanderthals, but is there a move down the road to the network availability of matches rather than all these different networks and all these different platforms? Yeah, very fair question, Matt. Um, you know, you know, the league jumped onto CBS Sports Network last season, uh, you know, where we did 16 matches on CBS SN and we did the finals, you know, on CBS in prime time, big CBS, as I like to call it. Um, you know, this season we kept that in place and then we increased another 17 matches um, with new partners in Fox Sports 2 and ESPN News. So, yeah, we were delivering our games in different places, um, and we know that that is not ideal, but what it did do is it doubled our footprint on national television to bring our total linear coverage to 34 matches up from 17 the year before, and then we expanded our OTT platforms to include for the fans, and we were about to announce a relationship with Rugby Pass internationally to carry our games as well, so both our Linear and our OTT offerings were up dramatically in year three. So, Commission, I know that you're pressed for time and I appreciate it. So, virtual MLR, great thing. Keep the fans engaged during the shutdown. Do you have a favorite virtual MLR player? No, but I have a favorite story about virtual MLR because I believe we were the first professional sports league anywhere to jump right into a virtual competition. Uh, we, we got it up and running in a matter of days. It's been really fun for me to follow our players. Their interviews are hilarious. Uh, our guys, speaking of the Austin Gilgronies again, our guys down there wearing cowboy hats and Speedos as they compete. Yeah. Uh, guys in Toronto are giving their, their hands ice baths after their competition. And the fans, you know, still have some connectivity to Major League Rugby, even though it's in a virtual setting. Uh, but we're having a lot of fun with it. And we're raising some money, you know, for Feeding America. Uh, which is nice. And um, yeah, so it, it's, it's checked every box we hoped it would do. Yeah. You get the, uh, you get the real rare thing where you see like a J JP Smith of the Seawolves completely throwing his teammate under the bus. And he has this, he did it on this show and he has a real dramatic face and he's like, well, you know, you don't want to have to do this, but you know, he just throws Tucker under the bus. That's right. Well, Mr. Commissioner, I really appreciate you coming on. I'm certainly wishing you nothing but the best of luck and a healthy return for everybody from this virus. Thank you for your time, sir. Okay, Matt. Anytime. We'll see you soon. And on that note, we are out of time. Matt McCarthy for Mr. George Killebrew, the Commissioner of Major League Rugby. 
from Midtown Manhattan for Rugby Wrap-Up, signing off. The Colorado Raptors leaving the MLR was not official at the time of the taping. We knew it, but we couldn't talk about it. We will talk about it in the future, so save your legs. Please hit that YouTube subscribe button. Follow us on all social media platforms and sign up for our weekly newsletter.